0: First impressions are important. Every time we meet someone new, sit down in a new restaurant, or open a new website, the first impression we have can significantly influence all subsequent interactions. First impressions are a trait that humans have evolved over time, and these impressions are surprisingly accurate. Research cited in Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, reveals that judges and doctors are often far more accurate when they've only had a minute to think about a case or patient, compared to when they're given longer. The old wives' tale to go with your gut instinct might have some scientific backing. John Gottman, a researcher in marital relationships, has perfected his first impressions to a superhuman degree. After analysing just a single conversation between a husband and wife, Gottman can predict with 95% accuracy whether they will remain married in 15 years. And it's not just experts who have incredible first impressions, we all do. Research from Samuel Gosling found that patients in the study were extremely accurate at judging a person's personality simply by looking around their living room for 15 minutes. Today I'm joined again by Phil Barden, owner and MD at Decode Agency and author of one of the best-selling books on consumer psychology, Decoded. In this episode, Phil talks through the importance of first impressions and perception in marketing, starting by looking at the theory behind perception. To start, I'd suggest checking out episode 318, which features the CMO of Feastables. So, listen to D2C pod wherever you get your podcasts. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. It's like trying to remember the name of someone you've just met at a networking event. I've made this mistake before. Introducing a colleague to my new friend Dan, only to find out his name was actually Ian. Ian. Being personal with your customers is important, but keeping on top of all that information can be very hard. That's where HubSpot's all-new service hub comes in. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. It's got an AI-powered help desk and an AI-powered chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs. Plus, it never forgets a first name. All of that can help you scale support and drive retention and revenue. That means better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit hubspot.com slash service to do more for your customers today.
1: I mean, perception is one of the most fascinating subjects of this this whole decision science arena, I I think. Because what one of the, the founders of Decode said to me quite early on, and it, and it stuck with me, uh, ever since is a little phrase: perception beats cognition every time, and what what you see is all there is. is Is the phrase that that Kahneman uses, and they they're, they're different meanings, but they are linked. Uh, in, Kahneman was using it in the sense of um, system one was bound was bounded by the stimuli that it perceives. And that that was his real insight, by the way, for, for his Nobel laureate. It was this, this idea of perception being bound by the stimuli because out of sight is out of mind, quite literally. So we've got to get into the brain and, and we, pay attention, we need to pay attention to things and we need to perceive things. But perception itself can be tricked. You know, we always talk about lots of examples of things that, uh, you know, is it, is, it, uh, is it a vase or a lady's head, sort of illusions,
0: Phils right, perception is not twenty twenty, and it can often be wrong to showcase this. Let's look at the common perception Americans have about what they think will cause their death in Richard Chatterway's upcoming book, Behavior Business, he highlights the difference between the actual causes of death in the u s and the Google search trends that reveal what we really worry about dying from. It shows that we place far too much salience on dying from suicide, homicide and terrorism, which in reality are tiny killers, whereas we completely underestimate the likelihood of dying from heart disease, the biggest killer in the US. But it doesn't require mass media coverage of suicide, homicide and terrorism to change our perception. It's actually far easier to trick. German social psychologist Fritz Strax asked his colleagues to watch a movie, but with an interesting twist. One group did so with a pen between their teeth – while the other group had to hold a pen between their lips. Now, the first group with the pen between their teeth actually interpreted the movie as far funnier than the second, and that was simply because the muscles responsible for smiling were used when putting the pen between their teeth. That released hormones related to being happy and made their enjoyment of the movie far higher. Anyway, back to Phil, who explains how our first impressions change when we're hungry.
1: Perception changes depending on Many different things. One, one of which is what goals are active at the time, and this this is the example of of seeing food-related imagery when we're when we're hungry. So, what we did was uh, we we got two matched samples of of consumers, and gave them eye tracking glasses to wear, and we set them off down at the same street, and at the end of the street we asked them what they'd looked at, and both groups reported. Virtually identical things. We looked at our surroundings, we looked at the shops, we looked at other people. That was that was about as far as it went. When we looked at the actual behaviour, i.e., the eye tracking results, we found significant differences between the groups. And they were matched samples demographically. The only difference between the group was that one group were hungry and the other group weren't. And the group that were hungry looked significantly more at food-related signage and imagery, so like a McDonald's logo. But they weren't consciously aware that they were doing it and nor were they did they have conscious recall that they had they had done it. But they did do it. And this was a great example of how um because hunger satisfaction at that time was a very relevant goal, that was the context in which they were perceiving stuff. Their system one was was activated to scout for things that would help them meet that goal and, and once that goal's met like in the other group it's no longer active and therefore it becomes less relevant so we don't system one doesn't need to look for food anymore
0: mcdonald's latest advertisement might be unsuccessful not because it's ineffective but perhaps because the consumers seeing the ad just aren't hungry this shows the power of advertising and messaging in the right moment Unilever discovered that a consumer's intent to buy Ben & Jerry's ice cream actually increased when it was raining. Customers associated the product as a pick-me-up when they were feeling miserable, so bought it when it rained. That finding went against all conventional wisdom in the ice cream industry, which of course suggested that you should advertise when it's hot and sunny. But Ben & Jerry's went against the trend, placing digital banner ads live when it was raining in your location. This smart tactic doubled the volume of ad banner clicks overnight. Our perceptions change how likely we are to engage with an ad if we want to buy a product and even how much we're likely to pay. An interesting study cited in Decoded revealed that participants were willing to pay 60% more for a fast food item if it's physically presented rather than in a visual or textual presentation which perhaps explains why so many street food vendors place physical cooked versions of their products at the front of their stall. One of the reasons Phil is so fascinated by this finding is because it's measurable at a physiological level. To explain, he gives a great example of what happens in our brains when we're thirsty.
1: There's even, even physiological changes that happen. So, for example, if we have established over time a strong association between coca-cola as a brand and a goal of refreshment when when that goal of refreshment is active there are there are physiological changes which means that the receptors in our optic nerve that deal with the color red become more sensitized so at that point in time when refreshment is is active we are more likely to find coca-cola that's unbelievable i mean that's absolutely incredible that but that, that goal association then drives us to a state, even with with no conscious awareness or control, where well, we are more likely to meet a goal. But, you know, thinking about it, that's entirely plausible because our survival as a human, as a race, uh, and to, to have stayed alive on this planet for so long, we need to find things that meet our goals, whether it's hunger or or first, or, or new mates or novelty or other experiences, sensations, whatever it might be, our brains are tuned to that and, and motive, we're motivated to achieve them and it even directs our attention and helps us find things that meet our goals.
0: Our first impressions and our perceptions can dramatically influence how we view the world, making us more likely to spot the red Coca-Cola can when we're thirsty. This is one of the reasons why placebos are so effective as well. Take painkillers, for example. Anton de Crane reviewed 12 studies on the effectiveness of painkillers and found conclusively that two identical painkillers with the exact same composition will perform differently based on their colour. A red painkiller will be dramatically more effective at relieving your headache than the identical white pill, simply because the red colour draws connotations with strength and power and via the placebo effect actually makes the drug more potent. But perception can have an even greater physiological effect on our bodies than simply dampening our headaches. In a shocking study, researchers found that placebos even affect patients receiving extreme levels of medication like chemotherapy. 30% of patients receiving placebo chemotherapy in this study still showed severe side effects with hair loss, feeling nauseous and being sick, despite the fact that the medicine wasn't actually real. Clearly, perception dramatically affects our actions, both at a conscious and subconscious level. And that's why Phil thinks it's absolutely vital for marketers to consider.
1: The other big learning about perception is that, that everything is is relative. So, you know, if if, if you want to show... Uh, that your price is good value, then you need to sh- give people evidence for why it's good value. Um, yeah, I, I've, oh, I've lost track of a number of sandals holiday ads that I've seen that talk about a sale price, and, but they only show one price. I've got no idea if that's a good price, because I've got nothing to compare it to relatively. I can't perceive the value in that price. They're claiming it's a sale. But is it really? It's probably, it might not be. I've got no idea. So. You know we always judge prices relatively we judge pack sizes relatively and and there's even even uh, things about perception that that come to play there so you know, we've come to learn that the height of a certain container for example is linked with a perception of volume uh i e greatness you know that's why we have we erect statues to um to heroes and they we look up at them so that that sort of learning that that height denotes greatness or magnitude also then translates even when it comes to buying uh, packaged goods. So perception is is the most fascinating area of, uh, of decision science.
0: As Phil says, an anchor is often needed to help consumers perceive a sale price positively. Telling customers that your product is in a sale is usually useless unless you provide some context. But when you do provide an anchor, the results can be tremendous. In Decoded, Phil shares a great story about two advertisements for Snickers ice cream. The first ad simply said, buy Snickers ice cream for your freezer. This ad contained no anchor and barely changed the perception of a consumer. It resulted in an average sale of 1.4 bars per customer, not much more than the norm. But the second ad introduced a ridiculously high anchor. Stating, buy 18 Snickers ice cream bars for your freezer. This anchor, despite being ridiculously high, still changed consumer perception and ultimately their behaviour, with the average customer buying 2.6 bars, an increase of 1.2 bars per customer. This finding reminded me of an eye-opening story about New York taxis. In 2007, the famous yellow cabs started to let riders pay by card with a machine in the taxi. The machine charged the same as a cash payment but had an additional button before paying which encouraged the consumer to tip. It offered three different options adding a 20, a 25 or a 30% tip to the bill. Now previously tipping was roughly at 10% but this one nudge more than doubled that overnight with riders now giving a 22% tip on average. This tiny change resulted in $144 million of additional tips per year. As Phil said, perception beats cognition every time. You're wrong to think consumers will stop and think about your latest ad campaign, your email header, or even your latest product release. Instead, they'll rely on their perception to make an instant judgment. Our perceptions reveal that we're more likely to spot the McDonald's logo if we're hungry, or to pick out the colour red if we're thirsty. And they reveal that a sale price is usually useless unless it provides some context. Massive, massive thank you to Phil Barden for joining me today. His book, Decoded, goes into serious detail about the power of perception. And I think it's a must read for anybody who's looking to improve their marketing with science. I've stuck a link to the book in the show notes. And one final thing from me, if you're enjoying the show or if you have some feedback, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to know what you think. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of Nudge.